This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Apologies for the slight lateness. I got up, made the show, sat down, well actually not sat down, sorted out all the bins and stuff because it's Tuesday so I've got to do all that stuff. Um, and about 5 to 8 just started sneezing and sneezing and sneezing and not stopping and yeah I was like Goodness me, I'm not going to be able to do the show this morning, but uh, it has seemingly subsided. Uh, I do suffer with allergies of, of cats and dogs. We don't have cats and dogs here, uh, but my missus does at their house, so I imagine I may have somehow come into contact with a piece of clothing with a load of dog or cat hair on it, which is which sucks because I'm, I'm a real dog person. I love dogs in particular, and uh, I'm never going to be able to have one because, as you can tell, just by coming into contact with a bit of a clothing with some dog hair on for maybe a week ago, it just sets me off like crazy. So, uh, yes, uh, which, by the way, when a lot of people we were talking about the fitness stuff and people said, get a dog, it helps you to go out walking. I'm like, I wish I could. I wish I could get a dog, but I can't. Um, and by the way, speaking of which, tonight uh, we'll be recording the second episode of Eat, Sleep, Repeat Arsenal uh, with myself, Owen, uh, Sophie and Dr. Raj. So do make sure uh, you tune in tomorrow. You have those notifications turned up because uh, that will be released tomorrow midday. We're we'll talking a lot about, of course, today's game, which we'll talk more about in a bit. Uh, but do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're indeed new uh to the channel uh really appreciate all the kind words in the chat box people are telling me to get hyperallergenic dogs i've, I've tried it I've, I've been around people's houses who have hyperallergenic dogs it doesn't matter uh the allergy is clearly that bad uh that it still affects it still affects me with those so unfortunately uh that's not a solution but i appreciate people trying good morning to paul good morning to black shine matt g uh good morning to uh, pj uh, and happy birthday to Matt G as well. I hope you have a fantastic day, my friend. One of the longest and most committed listeners. Longest, not in terms of like how long his body is, just like how long he's listened to the show. How that made sense. Um, but good morning and happy birthday to you, Matt. PJ, good morning to you, to Temi, to Red Star, to Jose, Stevie. Uh, good morning to Mark, good, who demands a tactical breakdown on Joao Felix. 
Uh, hopefully soon. Uh, Mark, good morning to you. Amira, Rich, Lynn, Alpha, uh, Martin. We've got uh, Vivian, Kieran, Anthony. Good morning, guys. Damien. Uh, we've got uh, Stephen and Granddaddy Guna. Good morning to Olu and Machiavelli, Brad, and so many more of you as well joining us in the chat box. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. Let's crack on with today's show. And uh, Bakari Sanya uh, was pictured visiting the boys in Dubai, uh, speaking to Mikel Arteta, meeting with the players, long-time Arsenal uh, player, of course, uh, and uh, Manchester City, of course, where he went to as well. Uh, I always remember that game. Where was it? Was it the Community Shield where we beat Manchester City and Sanya had kind of just moved and uh, he was sitting in the stands and looking rather glum uh, watching Arsenal beat City in in the Community Shield? But uh, I think we know that he's very much an Arsenal man. I never got the feeling of the the Man City of the Nazaris and the Adebayor vibe ever uh, off of Bakary Sanya. And uh, very appreciative for what he did. And ultimately was in that starting lineup that helped us win that FA Cup against Hull and end the uh, the droughts that we've been suffering for so long. So, uh, Bakary Sanya, uh, always a pleasure to see him. Uh, Arsenal will play AC Milan in their second and final friendly of the Dubai Super Cup series. If Arsenal uh, win this game, they will be confirmed winners of the tournament. Uh, Leon's 3-1 win over Liverpool means that Arsenal can even lose the penalty shootout and they would still win the competition um, by beating Milan in this game. But Milan are expected to have a much better team than what we faced against Lyon. It is meant to be a bigger challenge than what we faced against Lyon. Uh, they don't have the likes of Olivier Giroud, etc., of course, because he's not been there. But Fikayo Tomori, Rebic, um, they've got some young players like Adley coming through as well that they'll be using, I'm sure. So they're going to have some decent players involved. And uh, we've got a Tonali, of course, in midfield. Um, so we're going to have to make sure that we've got uh, as much quality as we can today. You'll be able to follow all the updates if you aren't able to watch the game at football.london. If you are going to the game, just like I asked with the last game against Leon, and a few people did reply to me, and you are in the stadium in Dubai, please do send me a DM, uh, and I'd love to get some photos and pictures from you of your time at the game that I can include in the blog, because pictures have been really hard to come by. Uh, through the usual channels that we use. Uh, they're quite late updating. I don't know why. Maybe it's something to do with the stadium. But uh, yeah, if you're going to the game, I'd really appreciate it if you could let me know and uh, get involved with the blog today. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is said to be responding well. This is according to Jack Ross of ESPN, who has claimed that after his surgery, Jesus is doing very, very well. There is still yet to be any kind of discussion on a potential return timeline for Jesus. However, knowing that he's responding well from this training and that I think his, uh, I believe there was an indication that he was at London Colney during the snow day, starting his rehabilitation and that things are looking up for Jesus. Whether this means it will be less than three months on the sidelines it is definitely far, far, far too early to tell. But the early signs are good. And he is said, as I say, to be responding well to the rehabilitation early signs after the um, the surgery. So that's good. Uh, Arsenal's ownership is reportedly ready to back Arteta. And uh, they are very understanding of Arsenal's position in the table and what the opportunity that there is to potentially be in with winning a title this year. But the ownership are going to back Arteta and the club with funds in this winter window to try and get the right players through the door. Now, it might be that the summer transfer window, of course, is then affected by how much Arsenal spend during this window. We're also, I think, banking a bit on the fact that we've probably, touch wood, got hold of Champions League football for next season as well. Um, so 
Let's see what happens. Let's see how much we end up spending. But you can tell by the players that we're being linked to that they are going to cost a significant amount of money to try and get in. The first of those, of course, is Mikhailo Mudrik of Shakhtar Donetsk. And we have to talk about the fact that the 60 million euro price tag is apparently something that he would be more available for uh, behind the scenes. Publicly, there continues to be this uh, adamancy that 100 million is his price tag. Ben Jacobs reported yesterday that uh, Cerner, the sporting director there, former player of Shakhtar and Croatia, of course, um, reported that he had said that anyone buying him is going to have to pay a lot, a lot, a lot of money to get hold of Mikhailo Mudrik. However, Jacobs does uh, concur with the reports of likes of The Athletic and elsewhere that there would be a reasonable drop in price in order to be able to get hold of uh, Mikhailo Mudrik. Arsenal want to get this deal done. We've said it for some time that he clearly is the the priority option for Arsenal, that he's the one the, the one name that keeps on coming up over and over and over again. Uh, I look forward to doing an updated version of the tactical breakdown, hopefully on him very soon, and uh, and as well pushing towards seeing him join the club and compete with the current starters as well. I think he'd be a really good backup. Not even backup, that's the wrong word. Competition is the right word for the players that we have currently starting in the Arsenal 11. And the headline story of the day is that, according to reports emanating from Spain, Arsenal are said to be leading the race for Joao Felix. Now, it has been made known to Arsenal by Atletico Madrid and the players' representatives as well, supposedly, that because of the situation between Joao Felix and Diego Simeone, that he would indeed be available. They've also pushed to Arsenal to say that with Gabriel Jesus injured, there is this opportunity here that you can try and move for in Joao Felix. Now, as I said in yesterday's show, I'm always very cautious of when reports use terminology like leading the race, because I'm not sure that gives us potentially any real uh, information about where Arsenal stand with a move. Leading the race could mean you're leading a race of just one. It could mean you're leading the race of 20. It gives you no context at all. It could mean that if you're the only one in for the player, of course you're leading the race. You're also the last in that race because you're the only one running it. You see what I mean? The context of words is is really important. So I have my doubts still about Joao Felix and the legitimacy of the potential for Arsenal to get this deal done. That said, I would love to see Joao Felix and Mudrik, of course, join Arsenal. I think if Arsenal added the pair of those, I mean, Joao Felix and Mudrik being added to a front line that already has Saka, Jesus, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, you know, without even mentioning Nelson Nketiah and Marquinhos, you know, think about the attacking potential that this Arsenal team have. Think about the variations of options Arsenal have. Joao Felix can play through the middle, he can play on the wings, he can play behind the striker. You know, he's a very versatile forward. Mudrik, of course, can play on the left-hand side. I think he's versatile enough that we'd be able to mould him into another kind of position as well. And Martinelli and Jesus are also very versatile. Jesus has played in the wide area. So you could play Jesus instead of Saka or instead of Martinelli. Or, you know, you could play Joao Felix and Jesus and Mudrik as a front three. It gives you the rotational options. When we play Champions League next season, fingers crossed, and we need to rotate significantly, having these options would be great. I would be shocked if both arrive. I think there's a good chance that we could potentially get one of them. But I think that signing two would, you know, it's just beyond my wildest dreams to imagine that Arsenal would be able to pull that off in the January window. But let's see what happens. Football does crazy things and so do Arsenal. So let's see if both can happen. But I very, 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 very much think that 
only one will, and I'm leaning far, far, far toward Mudrik than Joao Felix in terms of the, the realisticness, if that's even a word, the reality, the likelihood of that deal happening. Anyway, that brings it into part one. We're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. Oh, let's get rid of that. There we go. Uh, <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, let's go to part two then and, and tackle some of your your comments and queries and theories and questions and stuff like that in the chat box. So let's uh, let's go through as many of them as we can. Uh, Machiavelli uh, says, Tillemans is not mobile enough. I assume this is in response to Joel, who says, Mudrick and Tillemans is all I want. You know, whenever I see questions or comments saying that Tillemans isn't mobile enough, I often point them in the direction of Granite Xhaka. Um Granit Xhaka is considered to be one of the least mobile players in the Arsenal team. And yet you look at him in that box-to-box role this season and you see the you see the, the output of him. You see what he's doing in the final third. You see what he's doing coming back into the middle and the defensive third as well. Mobile is one of, I think, the most over-hyped and overrated qualities of a midfielder in particular. It's the FIFAification, if you like, I feel, of things where people need their players to have over 80 pace for them to be good. You know, this is this is how I feel about it. This is how I think the 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 rhetoric comes from. Tillemans is very mobile, well on the ball. Sure, off the ball, he's not the fastest player in the world, but on the ball, he's great with moving the ball at his feet, great at moving it out of tight spaces, and great at passing the ball through as well. And if you can move the ball quickly, that's far, far more important than it is about however fast you can run. Uh, and Granit Xhaka is the perfect proof of that point, playing in that left number eight position. So if mobility is the only thing that's putting you off Yuri Tillemans, I would suggest maybe shelving that doubt and looking around the player beyond your worries about how mobile he is. Um, Abdullah says, uh, Tom, do you think Atletico would even lower uh, the price for Felix, considering how fuming we left them on deadline day with the Partey release clause? Yeah, our relationship between... The two clubs after that was damaged. Um, that is absolutely 100% certain. Uh, Atletico Madrid were not happy with that at all um, and very frustrated with that going down, Simeone in particular. That said, the the only way I really see this deal happening is if Arsenal are able to agree a loan with Atletico Madrid that has an obligation to buy at a very serious summer transfer price. Now, if Arsenal are clever... What they'll do is make it an option to buy, but of course with clauses in that loan deal so that if he reaches a certain number of appearances or a certain number of goals or minutes, Arsenal would be obliged to pay that transfer fee for the player. Um, 
I think that's the only way in which Arsenal are going to be able to do that realistically. Is it possible? Absolutely. It seems as though Atletico Madrid, from reports, are open to a potential low move for the player. However, if clubs do come in and start offering big fees and permanent contracts for him, uh, it might make that difficult. It still falls on the player to choose where they want to go, but it can be difficult when clubs start putting in permanent contracts. Aston Villa are apparently one of the sides that are being uh, courted by Jorge Mendes about it, according to The Athletic. I imagine Chelsea might be very interested after what's happened to Armando Breuer, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jabu says, if the price is £60 million for Mudrik and Drow, who is your preference? Um, it's a great question because... Joao Felix is obviously, I think, less of a risk at the same price as Mudrik because he's playing for La Liga. He's playing in La Liga, playing at a higher level. He's been playing for longer. He's 23 years of age, playing on the international level as well and doing well. And I think he would suit Arsenal's system. And his versatility is greater than that of Mudrik as well. I think I'd lean towards Joao Felix. I do. Um, but it is close. And I, the reason why I lean towards Joao Felix is because of his versatility to play left, play in the middle, play second striker if you want him to. That added level of coverage and quality uh, and, and more of a guarantee with how he's played at a top level and in the Champions League with Atleti to further stage. You know, all of these things combined, I think, lead me to think that he might be the better option of the two if you can get them for around that 60-ish million pound mark. Uh, Amira says, do you think there will be a limit set on how much players can go for in the future? Even players under 18 are going for ridiculous fees. Potentially, it might be something that the uh, the footballing bodies look into because fees are getting out of control. Uh, Alan says, Jesus is injured, so do we go for a centre-forward or buy Mudrik or Felix and play Martinelli as a centre-forward? Remember that Felix can play through the middle, so that is also something you have to consider. Uh, I think that in terms, of draft, uh, in terms of Jesus being injured, I personally don't think that's going to affect us too much. I still think the wide player will take the priority, and I think a midfielder is still going to be very much in the eyes of the club as well. Um, Fuad says we need Stan to channel his inner bowly this January. Tom, believe I hope that he does. I don't. I maybe think it's more Josh. You know, Josh seems to have more, much more of a say on things this winter, and just not in just winter in general. You know, with Arsenal, his connection to the club, his work with Arteta and Edu, he is a lot more connected, I think, uh, with Arsenal than what his dad is, um, and understands and really wants Arsenal to progress. I have a lot of time for Josh Cronkett. You know, I think that he has certainly enabled us to be more open, more connected as a fan base with the ownership. And uh, I think we're seeing the benefits of that now. He told us to be excited. It's something that was certainly taking the mick out of. Maybe it wasn't that season that we were meant to be excited. But I tell you what, Arsenal fans are excited now and they're excited about this season. Uh, Viraj says, hey, Tom, how do players get paid for their participation at the World Cup? Do clubs still cover the wages? Um, they'll still be being paid uh, by their... I th I, I'm actually not sure if they are still paid by their clubs. What I can tell you is that they get paid about 8,500... Arsenal get paid about £8,500 per player um, per day uh, that they're at the tournament. Uh, Jesus has also said to, because he's been injured at the tournament, uh, after four weeks of his injury, Arsenal will also start to be paid by FIFA uh, for the time that he is out, but it isn't a lot. You know, all the players that went to the tournament, if uh, if France reached the final, with Saliba being there, of course, I think Arsenal will get around two million in total for all of the players that were there. Similar figure, I think, for Jesus, if he's out for three months, it's not a lot of money. Um, so despite there being some compensation, it's not loads. I also don't know if Arsenal will still continue paying the wages of those players whilst they're at the tournament either. So that's that's a bit of a difficult one. 
Uh, Ritian says, if France make the final, Saliba may be unavailable for the first game back. Uh, should we play White as centre-back at Tommy at right back? That's what I would do. Uh, if France do make the final and Saliba is unavailable for the first game back, I would play right at centre-back and uh, uh, <laughs> I would play White at centre-back and Tommy Asu at right-back. Difficult sentence to say that over and over again. Um, Greg says, 100 million is obviously too much for Mudrick or Joao Felix, but what is a realistic price? 40 for Mudrick, 65 for Joao Felix. I think 60 million euros, um, which is around 52, free for both, uh, you know, separately, is what you'll probably end up having to pay. Um, 87.5 million pounds is a lot of money. Getting it down by 30 plus um, is going to take a lot, but it might be possible. Uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be further incentives that see the fee rise even higher if those players go on to achieve certain things. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jacob Daguna says, Felix could be our Diogo Jota uh, style player, a player that I've been trying to, you know, really rave about on the channel for a long time. We need our own Diogo Jota. Maybe Joao Felix can be that. Also, I hope everyone is well, unlike I am at the moment. Sorry to throw bad energy in here, but life has been tough. Well, Jacob, I hope that you find strength very soon and, uh, and the people around you as well. You've got a family here, and I hope that you know you can come into this chat box and be honest as clearly that you have. So if people are giving you support in the chat box, that's great, um, and I'm hoping that they are. Uh, Owen says, apologies if this question already been asked, tuning in on my break at work, but if Felix and Mudrick were available for the same price, which option is best? It was actually asked, Owen, but that's fine. I said I lent towards Felix because of his versatility. Uh, Akaka says, hi, Tom. Uh, question on the ownership to back Mikel and how they will spend. Would you take would you like to take Joao Felix on loan that can help us in our title bid? And then who is our main target in midfield in January? Yeah, I think the loan for Joao Felix is an option if it's real. And that's the big question. In midfield, I want to get the Tillemans deal done. I think he's the most sensible option for us to go for in, in January. He's Premier League ready. I think he can come in and have an immediate impact. Needs no transition time outside of moving to a new club. Knows the league, knows the level, knows the expectation. Go get Tillemans. Go get it done. Um, that's what I would say about this January window. Uh, let's go to Rich. He says, there's no reason that there's contracted salaries would stop while at the World Cup. The contracts are still void and last for several years. Uh, absolutely. Manu says, uh, I'm not a La Liga regular and Defo not an Atletico watcher because of their football being horrid. But what are Felix's strengths and weaknesses? Is he consistent? Is he a Simeone type player? The last question, is he a Simeone-type player? The answer to that is no. And that's actually one of the reasons as to why he's not really settled at Atletico Madrid. And it's difficult then to get a real grasp of how he, how good he is. And I think the best way to get a grasp of how effective he can be is when he plays for Portugal. Um, because he plays more so in a wider position rather than through the middle like he can do Atleti in that two-striker system that they have. Um, the thing is, is that under Simeone... That style that even though Simeone's tried to change his style, you know, he bought Joao Felix and Thomas Lamar and players like this because he wanted to try and change the way in which they played. It hasn't necessarily worked. Um, I mean, he's played he's played Marcus Llorente at right back, you know, one of the most talented Spanish players in my view, Marcus Llorente. And he started using him as a right back. You know, this is the kind of manager we're talking about, and one that so many Arsenal fans were desperate to see join Arsenal. Desperate. I never wanted that. I, that's that's it's ill to me. I never wanted him because there was an early time in his career when I, I certainly was open to it. But you know, certainly in the times of toughness when we were swapping out uh, Emery for Arteta, or when Arteta was going through periods of roughness, Simeone, man, 
Like you look at the style of football, it's just, it's a real struggle. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it gives you a foil and that's why you're able to take advantage of how poor Real Madrid and Barcelona have been and, and win a title recently. But you won a title back in the early 2010s because of, you know, just that style that he'd kind of accomplished with the players that he had at the time. Um, to be so different and, you know, diverse from what was there, it kind of shocked a bit, I think, La Liga and was able to really establish himself there um, and as a real force in that table. But going back to Felix and going off on a bit of a tangent here, strengths, great technical ability, uh, can take players on well. He's not slow by any means. He's got a lot of those Jesus characteristics of energy and dropping back and applying pressure. Uh, he's also got the ability to, to finish. You know, when he's in those positions, I trust him when he gets into some really good uh, potential possibilities. And I think that confidence is obviously the key weakness. Confidence is what lets him down. And sometimes with his, with his finishing lets him down because he's in a team that he's not particularly enjoying his football, aren't in the best of form right now as well. If Felix is in good form and if he's confident, if he's in a team that back him and support him and plays like he wants to play, I think there's a coiled spring in Felix that I think can really explode. So, yeah. Uh, that, for me, is is why I lean towards him over uh, Mudrik because of his versatility being another strength, um, his style and the way in which I think he'd fit into the Arsenal team. Uh, let's scroll down some more. Uh, N5 says, why are players needing a rest after the World Cup? They have played less games than the league. It's replacing. Um, I think it's just to do with kind of, you know, you're being away from your team uh, and after the World Cup anyway, you know, you've got this World Cup here. You've got a whole season either side of it. And typically that's not the case. You play your season, there's a bit of a break, and then there's the World Cup. And they want to give players a break because there's going to be a lot more football to play, you know, in the weeks and months to come. So if you can give players an opportunity for some rest after they finish the World Cup and then come back into training, it just gives them that ability to then recharge their battery somewhat. And that's important. Rest is equally as important as training. You know, having that recharge of energy is, is absolutely crucial. Uh, Rich says, Tom, would Ralph Felix's salary be a problem given the transfer fee? I can imagine it's very high and might not fit our wage structure. Let's have a look at what his current salary is at the moment. According to just the only place I can really go to, Spot Rack might have it. Although, Capology's got one. They claim that he is on how much per week? Weekly, 280,000 euros. So let's have a look at euros to pounds. Euro to pounds. Okay, 280,000. So he is on more right now than Arsenal's highest paid player at £220,000 per week at Jesus. So I think that I don't think he'd be able to get a pay rise. Um, I think he'd certainly be looking to get a similar wage, um, maybe even slightly less. But he might be willing to go down slightly and fit into Arsenal's wage structure in order to get that move because he really wants to move. He's earned a lot of money. I think that Arsenal will be able to potentially agree, you know, with a potential deal with him and maybe work him into the wage structure somehow. If that is even accurate, of course. Uh, Yosefa says, hey, Tom, although we are leading the league this year, we may need to add more competitive players to compete for titles every year. What ideal but realistic transfers gets us there? I think that the left centre-back has to come into the equation. I think that the, the right-back situation needs to be looked at. If we lose Wyatt or Tommy Asu, you know, we suddenly... I think we lack a, an offensive option at right-back. Uh, the number six, we need a competitor for Thomas Partey. At the moment, we still need a competitor for Granit Xhaka and long-term replacements for the both of them. We need to consider adding, I think, a better striker than Eddie Nketiah to support Gabriel Jesus. Um, 
that's where we need to look. And I think if you add Mudrick as well, you're adding a great wide option. We need to look at maybe someone who can play on the right-hand side as well. Nelson, Marquinhos. Marquinhos is going to go out on loan. I think we can all agree. Nelson's going to move on. Eddie Nketiah is probably going to move on. Lokonga is going to move on. Cedric's going to move on. Holding's going to move on. You know, we need to start thinking about replacing these guys with much, much better talent um, in the future. And I think that's how it's done. It's by having two or three good players in every single position that are competitors, not backups. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, we have four excellent youngsters in Patino, Ethan Duanieri, Miles Lewis, Skelly, and Lopez. Is that Joe Lopez? I'm pretty sure he's gone. <laughs> um, but Patino, Duanieri, and Lewis, Skelly certainly are. Um, maybe you meant Souza, the left back. Uh, maybe he, he obviously, Lopez played left back as well, but I think Souza is probably who you meant. Uh, will they have a best chance of making the first team? So if you do mean Souza, I think Souza's going to struggle because you've got Tierney, Zinchenko, Tomiyasu. Difficult. Uh, maybe if he starts going out on loans for the next few years or so, then when he comes back in a few years' time, Zinchenko and Tierney are then, you know, in their late 20s. Maybe there's a chance for him then, but I think he's going to have to go on some loans and gradually work his way up the pyramid. Uh, Luis Skelly and then Wanieri, we need to sign on to brand new contracts first. They're still within this kind of contract uncertainty and we need to get them onto permanent professional contracts. City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, all looking at them. Um, so we need to make sure that we get them tied down. But both of them, I think, potentially could have futures. But again, they're going to need loans. Patino, absolutely. The kid's special. He's special. I've watched some of the games of him at Blackpool this season. He's just a cut above everyone else. He plays like an Arsenal player. I think he really could potentially take over that role from Xhaka. There's a real player there. He even could maybe be our deepest midfielder. I think that might waste some of his uh, offensive contributions. But he is really good in those deeper midfield roles. So maybe it's Xhaka where he replaces. But I think we've got a real special talent there uh, and England as well. Uh, so one to keep an eye out on uh, in the future. Uh, Scarface says, I think something very important to note, though, is that Felix is not a lone striker. I regularly watch La Liga and can tell you, unless he's playing with a partner up top, he isn't very effective as a nine. This is something I used to believe in. This is something that I really used to push and said, we don't want to go out and sign X striker because they play in a two striker system. In reality, I was a bit of a fool and I'm not calling you a fool directly, Scarface, for thinking this, but I was a bit of a fool for using to fall into this trap. And the reason why it doesn't apply is because if you've got wide players that support the striker and if you've got a number 10 or a midfielder behind them that support the striker as much as we do at Arsenal, a striker that has been typically playing in a two-striker system can very easily transition to playing into a sole striker system that has the support and the players running off and running ahead and running around and playing direct passes into, into those type of roles. Um, and Arsenal have that. Arsenal have that in Martinelli and in Saka and in Erdegaard, who is getting much further forward and much more effective in the box than he ever used to be. So for that reason... I don't necessarily buy into this argument anymore of the two-striker system being a block for certain forwards because it doesn't always work that way. I know you're right in saying that he plays in a two-striker system at Atleti. He's also played in a one-striker system at Portugal on his own and on the left-hand side as well when he's been asked to play that role. I have no issues with what formation he's been playing in um, because it, it really does... Um, not necessarily affects players in a t in a certain type of sole striker system, especially the one that plays at Arsenal. 
Uh, Billy says, I'm surprised uh, no one mentioned Mehdi Taremi. <laughs> Shane did. Uh, could be an option for short to midterm. He's 30, but started in Europe at 27. Late bloomer, could be available on loan. If it was on loan to the end of the season and we were also getting in a wide player, maybe. But I'm not really interested in, in investing into 30, 29, 30, 31-year-old strikers at this stage. It takes up a spot in the squad for the next two or three seasons. And I think we'd be better off going for someone with a higher ceiling that's going to develop further and improve than someone that's going to regress whilst they're at the club. Um, <laughs> Pick and roll, says Olivier Giroud for the next six months. Yeah, I don't know why AC Milan would ever let that happen. Uh, Jasha says, morning, Tom. How confident are you that Arsenal will get any of these signings? Mudrick, you know, I've, I've said I've been 50-50 about Mudrick. It always say, it's always for me that if Arsenal can get the price down, then we could get Mudrick in. And it's always been that. It's about whether or not Arsenal can convince Shakhtar Donetsk to accept a fee significantly lower than that 100 million that they want. We're going to have to go to the 60s. If it doesn't get into the 60s, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Lin says, I can't understand why Arsenal let the young guy go to Chelsea. Uh, Amari Hutchinson, uh, he was their best player against Aston Villa. It's not that Arsenal let him go. Um, and this is something I think Arsenal have been criticised for. Amari Hutchinson wanted guarantees that Arsenal couldn't give him. Uh, he wanted to know that he was going to be playing you know, in the senior team very, very soon and getting minutes. And I mean, a lot of minutes. And Arsenal can guarantee that. They went out and bought Fabio Vieira, who I think a lot of people, if Amari Hutchinson has a brilliant time at Chelsea, will look back on and go, why did we buy Fabio Vieira when we had Amari Hutchinson? Now, Amari Hutchinson is slightly different to Fabio Vieira. You know, he plays slightly to the right and has done work very well, but also can play attacking midfield too. Um, but that's the reason. Odegaard starting was never going to be dropped for Hutchinson. Uh, Saka was never going to be dropped for Hutchinson. And Fabio Vieira coming in, I think, ended uh, Amari Hutchinson's hope at Arsenal. And that's why he left. Um, so it wasn't that Arsenal <clears throat> let him go. He moved on and he pushed to move on. And Arsenal could never really uh, secure a contract with him. They tried for a long time, but they were never able to agree a deal with, with Amari Hutchinson. So he left. He is a, a client of Kia Jurabchin. Uh, it's, it's worth pointing out as well. So whether or not that played any part in it is, is an interesting one to consider too. Uh, Sasha says, do you believe it's true we have ended our Danilo interest or is that us playing poker? Uh, watches of him seem to be very high. Um, they're high in terms of his ceiling. As we've talked about on the, so, on the show, Sasha, he is still raw. He does still make mistakes. And I don't think he necessarily starts for Arsenal over Mohamed Elneny right now. He would do in the future and would improve to be better than Mohamed Elneny. But right now, if we were playing Mad City tomorrow, the argument is, would you start Danilo or would you start Elneny? If Partey wasn't available, you start Elneny. You don't start Danilo. Um, and in this January transfer window in particular, Arsenal need competitive quality. And Danilo isn't that. Ending our interest, maybe not ended, maybe paused, might be a better way to phrase it. We might have paused our interest in Danilo, but I don't think January is when we're going to get him. And I know there is an argument that, of course, with the summer window making it difficult to sign players from Brazil, I get that. But um, January this season is about signing competitive quality and Danilo isn't a competitor to our starters. He's just not good enough to be that player. Um, I think we're going to wrap 
up there. Um, thank you so much, guys, um, for tuning in. As always, much appreciated. Uh, as I say, I'll be recording tonight, not live, but we're recording the Eat, Sleep, Repeat Arsenal podcast this evening, going out for you guys at lunchtime tomorrow. Arsenal play against AC Milan today. I'll be doing the live blog over at football.london, so you'll be able to watch uh, and follow that. If you're going to the game, please drop me a DM at the Talk TV or just the Talk on Instagram. Um, you can find me there. Please send me a DM to let me know that you are going to the game just so I can have a chat and see if you can get involved with our live blog today as well. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Mohammed says, did not read my comment. I wonder. Look, uh, I'm going to address this now. Um, there's a lot of people in the chat box. In fact, there's over 900 of you watching. It's very frustrating when I see comments that sometimes complain about not getting their comments read out. There's a lot of people that wait very patiently in this chat box to get their, their comments read out uh, without, you know, constantly going in. And I, when I scroll through, I usually look at the ones I see and go for them when I see them. If I've missed your question, I can only apologize. I've got a lot of people to go through in here. As I said, there's over 900 of you posting comments all the time. Um, so if you think there's any ulterior motive, there isn't. And that's quite sad that that would be the case. Um, but yeah, is what it is. I mean, it's very strange, man, because I've had you on the show a number of times. So to think that there's any kind of ulterior motive is a real shame. A real shame indeed. What a sad way to end the show today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate your time for those that haven't got that kind of mentality. Um, really appreciate it. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. again. Uh, and of course, reacting to that game against AC Milan. Have a fantastic day. I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.